Welcome to Hear Us Wisconsin, Youth Voices on Youth Justice. My name is Bria Brown, and I'll be guiding you through this episode. In this special series within a series, we are sharing the full uncut interviews from the professionals who were featured in this podcast. You heard snippets of their interviews throughout the whole series, and we're so excited to share the full interviews with you so that you can gain the insight and knowledge that they have to share. In this episode, you'll hear the full interview of of Bryn Martina, MMSD Coordinator of Progressive Discipline. We're good. Okay. So, why don't you introduce yourself into the mic, say your name and your past title and your current title. My name is Bryn Martina, and I'm currently the Coordinator of Progressive Discipline for the Madison Metropolitan School District. I was formerly at DCF as the Youth Justice Policy Coordinator and was involved in the founding of the youth leadership teams. And how many years did you do that? I was there for about three years. And can you speak a little bit about uh, what you learned and your experiences um, when D- at DCF running the, uh, and participating in the youth uh, leadership teams? Yeah, so the whole idea of starting them in the first place was we're making policy that's going to affect youth across the state, and we should be talking to youth who have been in the system Um, And we had a lot of youth engaged who are still currently in the youth justice system and asking them for their observations about um, how the system's functioning currently and their vision for how it should function. So I learned so much from listening to them talk about that. And shameless plug, we have their report from the first year of the teams available on the DCF website. Um, there were a few things that stuck out to me from asking the youth about how they perceive the system and how they think it should be. One of the things that really stuck out to me was how many youth, um, simply just didn't feel heard at all, heard or seen or, or understood as whole human beings. So they were so many, so many young people said, I just don't want to be seen as a piece of paper that says the worst thing I've done. Um, I want to take responsibility for that thing that I did or other things that I've done. Uh, But I don't want that to be the only thing that defines me. And so that was very, very big. And I think realizing that Sometimes adults seem maybe scared to ask young people for their perspectives um, or what they want because they're afraid they won't be able to give it to them or they'll just have to say no. And how many young people just one one quote that's in the report was, it's not even that you have to give me what I want. I just want to be heard. And I, that that has stuck with me ever since. Um, And then, yeah, the idea that they were often so willing to take responsibility for their part in what had happened and and for what they had gotten in trouble for. Um, And to see how hard that was when there was an adult also involved who wasn't at their best, Mm -hmm. 
and that adult wasn't taking responsibility or even acknowledging their part that they could control, um, that youth were making, I still saw youth making an effort to take responsibility, but I also saw how hard it was to get over the fact that, you know, I'm not the only one who did something wrong here, or, you know, there was a reason why I reacted in that way. I don't feel good about it, but I also don't think it was right that somebody did X, Y, or Z. Um, that also really, really stood out to me. Yeah, and I think um, one of the things we talked about and with the various people and the youth was um, not only the individual adults that were involved in the particular incident itself, but the system itself yeah. not taking the level of accountability and um, responsibility for what happened to that youth itself. Can you speak a little bit to that? Definitely, yeah. And actually, I do talk about this in, my, in the context of my current role. Um, and also, we did an issue brief on accountability. <laughs> um, that was the first issue brief that we put out as youth justice policy coordinators. And it was really trying to talk about what does meaningful accountability look like and, and talking about, um, obviously it's more than just punishment and talking about different approaches to helping youth take accountability for their actions. And a big part of that, there's great research on procedural justice and procedural fairness and that a youth's perception of the fairness of a process is linked to their ability to take responsibility for their own piece. So, uh, yeah, and there's research on, like, what are the elements of procedural fairness that are actually tied to that? And it's, you know, having a chance to be heard, um, feeling like the process is is fair, feeling like the people who are... I guess, you know, handing down or part of handing down any consequence um, have actual caring and benevolent motives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, young people as good as anybody or maybe better than anybody have a good uh, BS meter. So that needs to be real caring and benevolence. And I think I hope we're moving to a point where we realize that it's not either or like it's not either there's consequences or we're really nice to you <laughs> or, and we love you and we care for you, but there can be really meaningful accountability where youth can, they want a chance. If they've harmed somebody, they want a chance to make that up to that person. Um, if they didn't have a relationship with that person, there might be some systemic reasons why, and they can be part of helping us figure out how to address that. Um, but yeah, that's, sorry. Those are a lot of thoughts. No, those are great. Um, just speak briefly to, so one of the things that I walked away with, um, after doing these interviews and, and what have you was, um, so much positive aspects and like so many assets to build on and granted uh, they've been through a lot and overcome, I would say, a ton of challenges. Um, And in some ways, you know, not to be cliche or cheesy, but they were really inspirational about how you can go through something and then still have a a sense of the future. Um, 
Was that so, is that something that you took away from those years too? Yeah, definitely. And I think it, you know, we gave them the opportunities to speak on panels in front of hundreds of people, and they they seized the moment and stepped up and you know gave really balanced perspective on things like they showed their um some youth spoke very openly about the trauma they'd experienced and then they also spoke about their hope for the future and they were all able to come up with something immediately that was one of our questions of the sort of what gives you hope for the future and they were all able to talk about that in a way that really is it it gives good i think it gave everyone in the audience good perspective and they were also you know I remember one of the young women when there was a bunch of social workers and other adults in the audiences take that opportunity to say thank you to all of you for all you do we know your jobs aren't easy you know their ability to show that that empathy um I do think we underestimate youth a lot especially youth who've gotten caught for doing something wrong and we we forget about all their strengths and potential and everything that they can bring to making the world a better and safer place one of the things that we were struggling with when we were doing this is that the kids that are or the youth that are participating are the ones that we are all already in a position Mm -hmm. right like there's something about their personalities, there's something about the social workers that they're working with that share with them this opportunity. Um, and they're amazing and they deserve all that. How do we take something like youth leadership teams or uh, and expand that opportunity and that access to be heard and to speak their truth um, sort of more broadly to other youth who may not just instantly appear to have the sort of charismatic personality or the sense of, you know, built confidence, you know? And um, so can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it is, it's very important to go to the spaces where they are. So we, it would have been great to have youth leadership team meetings in detention. We were able to allow students to come from some of the detention centers, uh, which was really, really great. And those youth did great. Mm -hmm. Um, But thinking more about where youth are and who they're already connected to in the community. um, Yeah, I think there's a lot that could be done there. And we did, I mean, with the youth leadership teams too, we were really clear to say, you know, leadership can look a lot of different ways. You don't have to think of yourself as a leader or ever have had anybody tell you you're a leader. Please come to our meetings. You know, we emphasize that to the social workers as well. Like, you don't have to bring a student uh, who has it all together at all. You know, we want, we really want people who are still figuring it out because their perspectives are really, are really equally important. So we did, we did have a lot of youth attend whose you know whose voices are represented in those reports who were Mm -hmm. really still trying to figure it out and I know there were you know there were youth who came to those meetings who still had a lot of struggles ahead um and their voices are are captured in there too but we have to keep getting out there 
and and seeking out the youth who need to be heard. And that not everybody, you know, wants to be on a podcast or speak in front of a panel. And also, like, how are we offering more artistic or more whatever is your preferred method of communicating? How are we offering you an opportunity to communicate your story in that way? Thank you for listening to Hear Us. If you would like additional information and resources, please visit our website, racetoequity.net. We want to extend a special thank you to the youth who bravely shared their experiences with us. We also want to thank the professionals who shared their insights with us. Thank you to Ward FM in Madison, Wisconsin, and the Underground Collective in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, for recording space and expertise. And finally, thank you, Erica Nelson, for forging this project. This podcast was made possible by the Annie E. Casey Foundation, B. Brown Productions, and the Kids Forward Race to Equity team. Editing and narration was done by Bria Brown of B. Brown Productions, narration by Alexa Turner, and the cover art by Walker TKL. Please subscribe to Hear Us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much.